0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peveril and I'm joined by my co host as always, Marky D, Marky Davison. Mark, how's it going?
1: I love that. Down Under every, every week. Down under. I love that every single week. Um, I'm doing really well. How about you, Maddie? What's going on in, in uh, your part of Australia? Yeah, mate, I'm doing, doing all
0: right. We're doing the lockdowns, continuing what have you. But we're here talking Steelers, and that's the main thing. We have got Jay Devil in there, Shield ninety one as always, Felicia, Brad Jewett, Tyler, Mark. What do you got to say to Felicia this morning?
1: Uh, I appreciate the comment. Thank you very much. She says we are <laughs> the we have the, we are the gifts that keep on giving. So that's you know that's a that's a nice compliment to hear on uh, on on YouTube or the internet. Uh, something different. But you know what? With this live chat and the audio guys too, we have one of the greatest communities in, in I think, I, I, I would say overall on the internet because the internet can be so toxic. So we have a great community here. We can talk football, have fun. Um, and, yeah, everyone's everyone's your mate in the in the live chat until some of the rat birds show up, but then we just kick them out. That's it.
0: And even Reginald Rivers. I don't think I've seen Reginald in our live chat before. I know he's frequent on BTSC, so this is pretty cool. Um, you know, and you know, hate hey all the fam out there, whether you're listening live right now or on the audio side of things um in a couple of days' time or whenever you're listening to it. or bad's getting these up really fast now. So it might even be the same day. Uh and the cool thing is, I want to say before we crack into it too, next week we're gonna be like your pregame show. So Mark and I are pretty excited about that actually. Yeah. And it's helpful for us because it's a Sunday, you know. I don't have to wake up really early or you know, try and scramble to watch it between things and or at lunchtime on a Friday for me. So you know we're pretty excited about that, but uh, jam-packed show today as well. We've got a lot to cover off, and uh, it's definitely going to be an exciting one. And we're going to really try try and give you guys a chance that are listening live to us right now to get some Q and A uh, in there for the people across YouTube and Facebook. So it's going to be pretty bumper there. I'm sure there's loads of questions or things you want to bring up. Uh, given we're now well, what two preseason games, technically if you count the Hall of Fame game, uh, so it's exciting times, but. It's a pretty interesting title for us this week, Uh, you know, rocking the Eagles with reforged steel. So, you know, a newly forged steel. So there's lots of new Steelers uh, that that we know that have joined the roster uh, this this offseason, and we're really starting to sort of see them show up. But for Mark and I, you know, we talk about it a little bit. You know, we support a team in the National Rugby League here in Australia called the Manly Sea Eagles. And so it's very hard because this week on one night we were, you know, watching the Steelers smash the Eagles. And then last night Mark and I were basically going, you know, cheering for some Eagles who won their game 56 to 10 and, you know, are looking like one of the form teams in the comp. But when we talk about Eagle Rock, that was a song down under. I think it made its way to the US, but Daddy Cool, Eagle Rock. And it's really hard because Mark and I love that. But this week, as I say, we're here to talk Steelers and we got to watch the Steelers absolutely rock the Eagles, come back from a deficit, you know, and take the win there. But Mark, we've also got some big news to cover in a Steelers trade, but I want to get your first thoughts. How are you feeling now or how are you feeling after the after
1: the Steelers beat the Eagles this
0: week? The Philadelphia Eagles.
1: I'll be very honest. So the first half, and the BTSC guys in the Slack chat know this as well every single play that we ran in the first half I it was like a bit cringy uh, they weren't running the ball we just gave away too much um you're too many yards on the on the defense as well Ben yeah. ben, ben 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 that don't break mentality um I just didn't like the, the first half offense I didn't like what Rudolph did in certain aspects too I didn't think we ran the ball hard enough and then in the second half we see Haskins come in and really light it up so um, it was an enjoyable game to watch. Um, it just, it shows me how much we, we, we miss preseason that because yeah. I'm, I was getting so excited watching this game and it's not even the regular season yet. So, um, that's, that's it. uh, oh, it's, but still, I still think no matter what, you, you know, it does, it's a meaningless game. I still think you want these guys to perform. And when you see the Eagles tearing it up and, and Devin Bush getting beat on the sideline, even though that was only one play, you still think, ah, you know. Um, but it's, it's not like, like it. it's not meaningless. Like for well, for a lot of these guys, this
0: is going to be whether they make you know this is make or break for their you know for their career. And like and I think it shows whether the Steelers have got the depth or not to go all the way. You know, I think you know, and if they don't, what do they need to add to it? And I think that's the that's the piece that we've got to talk about. I mean, Joe Showbert,
1: what a trade! Yeah, unreal. Uh, that that came in, uh, I think, midway uh, during the, the pre season game with the Eagles, and you and I we were stuck watching the game pass because we got the game pass in Australia. And I, I to tell you, we you and I could do a better job commentary Uh Mate, for the, that was awful. For the Eagles. It <laughs> like, was awful. I've never seen uh, two blokes be so monotone and like not like happy about talking about the Eagles. However, um, you know the Eagles, it's a tough place to play there, and it's just. We we couldn't listen to uh, Bill Hargrove and the, the boys from the the new guys uh, uh, on the Steelers uh, radio because if you had the radio on, it, it, it mixed up with the the visual as well, so that was really hard to listen to. Um, actually, I tried to watch, Maddie. I tried to watch the game again, but I didn't. I only got halfway in because I couldn't. I couldn't handle the the commentary.
0: Well, you know that I had to watch it in pieces. So then, what I went back and did is I watched all the highlights, and then I watched the game in forty, and then I went back to look for certain things that I saw. Like so, I've watched it in a very disjointed way. So maybe, maybe I watched a different game to everybody. Else. There was
1: there was one time one of the commentaries was talking about him wearing shorts or something. Like you know when they bring up the old photos when they're when they're a little kid or something like that, and I am like, I get that you're trying to be all about the Eagles and then say home the home game. But I wanted to see I wanted to see uh, Haskins play football. I wanted to see um some of the best best part of watching football is that pre-snap. And we yes. didn't I didn't see any any pre-snap because they There's were looking woman. to the crowd or they're looking through the crowd or interviewing um one of the Eagles guys, Kelsey, that that big unit. And then you couldn't see what Matt Canada was doing for the offense. You'd scan back in and there was like one second to go and they set the ball. So that was yeah. really frustrating to watch. Um but we still got the still got the W in the end. I think, you know, like we will talk about Haskins as well, but Haskins played really well. I, I think it. He looks different. He looks very different to what Mason looks like. He looks more comfortable. Yeah. He goes through his reads. He has an opportunity to, to run the ball if he wants to. Yes, he still he still makes mistakes, but he looks.
0: Yeah, it's a different uh, a, a tad above. I completely agree with you. I you know I'm, I, I want to jump back to Joe Shobert in, in a second, but I like we may as well talk about Haskins. Why we why why you've brought him up there? And you are completely the what i want to what the word i want to call it is composure right like haskins looks like he's playing he's playing the game right and yeah he's mobile and yeah he's got a great arm what have you but when you go back and look at it and you watch you know you watch mason rudolph you know behind the so we're just going to put that guy in. A, we're going to see you later for that person. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. We've got someone in the live chat for us on the audio side. Anyway, uh, so when you look at when you look at Mason, though, when he goes to snap the ball, he is so stressed. He's, like, sweating. Like, yeah. it's, it's like he's about to get, you know, raked over the hot coals. Like, and I get everything that went on early in his career and the trauma that that gives you. But you watch Haskins do it. And even the way Haskins just moving around the pocket, like the game, you hear a lot of pros talk about it, particularly when a new player comes on the scene and a commentator will talk about this in a lot of sports is that the best players, the game slows down compared to that of everyone else, or the game is slower for them. They can process it faster. When Haskins moves around that pocket or out of the pocket in, in certain scenarios, you can tell he's seeing things. The game is a lot slower for him. He's processing yeah, the game. Whereas when Mason Rudolph is at the back there at the moment, I mean, it like it's like a frazzle. It's going everywhere. And 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 this just doesn't I feel for Mason because I think he's been through things that have led to this, but also the difference in what he played in from a schematic system in college versus what he's asked to do in the NFL. And with an O-line that's newly Trying to find some synergy. It's not even stabilized yet. There's young guys. It's just not set up for Mason. Like if you put him on a Colts team, for example, with their O line, or you, you look at some of the other good O lines around the league, he probably when he's if he's got more time to throw would do a bit better. But I mean, right now, if you're looking at going into the season, another good showing from Haskins, and I think he's got the number yeah, two spot.
1: I agree. Like it's 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 actually in uh, Rudolph's name. He kind of looks like a deer in the headlights a little bit. Um, no, gotcha. I got you while you're drinking coffee. Um, there's, there's no pun intended there, but it does. There's such a big difference now. I, I, I do, I do like some of uh, Rudolph's play. I, I thought he played very well yeah, against the Browns understand. last year. But then you come into a preseason game, and actually, there are guys lighting it up in the in the preseason. The last few few games, like Drew Locke, um, he's he's meant to be the starter, but he's he's versing, um Teddy Bridgewater. Now, yeah. why can't Rudolph go out there? If you're meant to be number two, heading into your third year—is it third or fourth year? Third, um, third year. Third. Third? You've got to yeah. go. You've got to go out there and dominate, and you have fourth to be year. comfortable. Fourth fourth. And he's not. He's not being. He's not comfortable in that pocket. Like that sack that he got uh, run over by the defense. He just stood there and went, "Oh, where do I go?" Now, but- Haskins has a better read and more time. Um, For what we've seen, the one error he made when he when he went outside the pocket. And he threw that massive pass. He could have ran it, but I think you learn from that. Whereas Rudolph, yeah. he's ever he's ever stalemating and going like not like even, or he's he's declining. But I still I don't know I don't know I I think if if um, I think you've got to put this 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 may sound funny, put Rudolph number two, and then Haskins can always improve. Why why tell the public that Haskins is number two? Just put him as three.
0: Yeah, I think Shield summed it up. I, yeah, it's interesting when you bring up there. Shield summed it up for me as well. Like you get nervous for Mason. You're like, what's gonna happen? Is <laughs> he <laughs> gonna lose a leg? <laughs> like, what's gonna happen? Uh, I think for me, what we got we're pairing all this back, Mason is a better number two than a lot of other number twos in this league right? He can throw that deep ball. He, you know, he, there's a lot of things he does that is re- he does really, he actually does pretty well compared to a lot of our number twos in the league that aren't like 37. And, you know, they've got no arm strength. Equally, Haskins could really come on. If Ben's not back next year, we have actually a solid team with an experienced O-line here to be able to do some things at different positions. And then in 2023, go get a quarterback. So as Steelers and and Jeff Hartman brought this up on the Let's Ride after the game that he did on Friday morning, you know US time. There's these seems to be these two camps: Mason or Haskins, or basically Mason's terrible or give Mason time. As Steelers fans, and I agree with Jeff. I mean I'm in this camp. I want them both to do well. I want depth, like. Think about the depth we have now at the quarterback position versus 2019 when Ben went down and we had Mason and Duck. I mean, and we're paying – the irony is I'm pretty sure we're paying uh, Haskins less money than we were paying to Devlin Duck Hodges or its equivalent money for a guy that went 15th in the NFL draft, you know, that can actually play, you know. So uh, I think this is really interesting for Steelers fans to watch I mean, as I say, like you know, if the right trade comes up, who knows? You know, in terms of dealing Mason, or I don't think they're going to deal Haskins. But let, let's just let it continue. Uh, and you know, perhaps also, as I say, I, I do think, in fairness to Mason, stability on the O line would probably give him a bit more confidence. Uh, but I did also, I did have to say, you know, if we're going to talk about the offense um, a bit more, and I think we'll have to talk about Joe Schubert back end of this half because I think we're now well into the offense. But you know, I love the connection that he started to have with Najee Harris. I thought there was a really nice play action that that, that they had. Uh, so that was an interesting piece for me. But while we're on Najee Harris, mate, did you see some of the leaping he was doing in this game? Like he leapt over yeah. the, the guys to get the last couple of yards and then he leapt like to get over the um to get the first down as well, you know, on the sidelines. I, someone needs to tell Najee to pull it back a little bit.
1: i get I'm a bit I get worried a bit,
0: about this. I'm a bit worried about this.
1: I get a bit nervous because he's a young guy who really wants to impress people on the Steelers, right? Now, that, that leaping stuff, I think, needs to go. You just need to be a bit smarter for your NFL career if you want to keep going for years and years and years. However, I have one more thing, I think, with Najee, which, which is a bit outside the box, but I think that what needs to happen is that, and he brought it up in one of his um, press conferences, is his, his. I think he was talking to Frymouth about you know, if you miss the block, go and get someone else. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. and that happened in the preseason game. He beat two tacklers and pretty much all the Steelers' offense is stood around and wasn't blocking or wasn't, you know, um, uh, protecting Najee. And what I'm really worried about, what I think could also happen, is that safety coming down late and delivering a really big blow on Najee because... If everyone thinks the play is over, Najee gets away from two tacklers and he's in that scrum, I would like to see um, some bodies protecting him. Like like yeah. like he was, like he, if he was the quarterback coming out of a play. Because I know that there are a lot of injuries and we saw it even with... Um, who's that bloke when Drew Locke got hit last year? That's twice now I brought him up, the, the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. He got out of a tackle and then Bud destroyed him. Now, I get a bit antsy that, okay, maybe if Najee gets out of a tackle to make more yards... But there's always going to be that third or fourth defender. Just because you beat two defenders, it doesn't mean that you you might get another five yards. But who's coming in next? So I think the Steelers need to be need to be think about that and go. Okay, Najee's going to always try and compete for more yards. Do we tell him to not always compete for more yards, or do we get more blockers in front? How do we address that situation? Because he's he's a yeah, he's a gamer. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think he's going to have to. This is going to be a learning process for him. I think you know. He's probably going to have to cop a few hits to learn there, but I think that that's something that you'll work on in the running back room. They'll work on from film. Uh, but But I get what you're saying there as well. And, you know, I'll tell you what, though, I'm excited for. I want to see at some point this season, particularly with Claypool and those sweeps last year and Deontay Johnson as well, you know, even James Washington to a degree, I want to see at some point, if the steel's up, I want to see some sort of wildcat with Najee because I tell you what, mate, <laughs> like uh, he's yeah. just explosive behind that behind that line. And there was one run that he did. I think it only went for about four yards, but you saw Kendrick Green push up and Trey Turner push up together, and like the whole the whole defensive line for the Eagles. And this was in the first quarter. I think it was about ten minutes in. Literally, just like bent. It literally bent, like, it went from, like, a, like a horizontal to, like, a 45-degree, you know, a 90-degree angle, 45-degree angle kind of thing. And it just completely bent, and I was just like, man, this is nasty. And, you know, Dotson wasn't on the other side of them. Can you imagine? Like, I cannot yeah. wait for this O-line to keep, be put together in the next couple of weeks.
1: And when they run, you know, uh, plays in, in in order, and he gets involved in the game and starts playing more than, more than 10% snaps. Uh, it's all going to come together. I just, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that the, the running back needs to work out, or needs to work out because it's probably one of the hardest positions to play because you always get banged up, and yeah. we don't want to see him get hurt or, you know, things of that nature. We still want to see see him lay the smack down as well. It's just that I just, I, I we talked about a formatting When you know, you know, and you don't know what the defense is doing if they're going to how how hard they're going to hit you, so how fair how fair they're going to play. I mean, you've got to go full, you've got to go full pelt though.
0: There's always that notion in sport where if you try and go soft, that's when you get the injuries. And I think yeah. there's some talk in the live chat about him always hurdling. Like I don't mind him doing it, but pick your moment, right? Like if you're in clear space, you've got one more guy to go and you want to do it to get into the end zone, completely get it. But like, and I guess the the one that the second one that he did that I talked about, he he hurdled the guy and went out, right? So at least he's not going to get hit as he's going down on the other side. But and the other one made sense when he wanted to do it for the first down. I just don't want to, you know, I kind of feel, feel like nicknaming him Hopper at this point, which is what we've had as a nickname for a lot of manly players and stuff like a bit like a kangaroo because right now he's like bouncing around that field, like he's just he's in just, the air. He's,
1: he's like just playing. He's just- He's uh he's eager to play, I reckon, Maddie. He's really eager to play and to show what he wants to show his his football skills. Um, I just uh yeah, you just don't want to see a guy do something that not necessary for a play to hop out of bounds, like you said, at the fifty yard line, and then get lit up by someone, and that turns their whole career. Um, but we all but we know, you know, he's a he's a smart athlete. He knows what he's doing on the football field. Um, he's he's going to be tremendous for us and. You could just see the way he breaks off that ball compared to other running backs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, you know, you know what I'm
0: saying? Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: but it is but it's like and this is what
0: I mean. Like you know, I talked to there about Kendrick Green and Trey Turner. And while we're talking about offense, you know, I want to get it in. see we got so much we want to talk about this show. <laughs> I'm trying to get little bits in. But like you know, Trey Turner for me completely showed up this week. Like I'm I'm really excited by what we've got there in Trey Turner. But you think about it like Once we actually get it settled on whoever the left tackle is going to be, you've got Banner in there working. You've got Trey Turner, Green, and Dotson. I mean, you know, and Ben, you know, with the right calls and the right timing and some better pre-snap motion than what they're doing right now because Canada's obviously saving some stuff and it makes sense. And you've got, you know, guys like Frymouth on there blocking too. I mean, I, I cannot wait to see. And you've got Juju there and Deontay as well and Claypool. You know in that in you know a three wide out set you know the other team is gonna to have to have a real think about what they're gonna do like and and Najee's gonna get the space i i'm so excited for
1: that that's a good point though Matty, when you bring up big Ben right so they're running these plays now and they're probably not changing anything or probably just doing the play that was set for it now that's you bring what bit, saying yeah yeah you bring uh big Ben into the to the occasion here then you've got to, if he's if he, he's a 17 year old or 18 year old veteran if he sees something that's not gonna work he'll change it back to Najee He'll change like a, uh, a wheel route or something else. He'll get Najee the ball where he needs to get it. He won't give him a hospital pass like a lot of guys, you know, who are in the, the QB uh, depth, like two, three, and four, like maybe Jobs would or, or Mason or Haskins can throw someone like that. Um, he's going to set them up for success. So, exactly. and the flashes I saw of Najee, like, he, honestly, he ran, the, he ran it like five yards, then he was getting tackled. And there was almost a break a hole here and he, he could have went another way. And you, you put that on, on over a drive and he's, he's going he's gonna to do some work. So it was I, – I did like the offense. Um, I like Nachi's play in the first half and I like the actual the, the offense played in the second half. Put those two together and you've got a good team. 100%. 100%.
0: Um, you know, I
1: want to talk about Joe Shober, but was there anything else on offense that you wanted to talk about? Some some of the young guys um, who were catching the ball was pretty, pretty impressive to watch. Is it? Uh, I've got to get me list here. Is it Cody White? Uh, yes, yeah, Cody White. He had five catches, I believe, though, yeah. and he was getting getting the first downs, and that was in the third quarter. Um, who's the other bloke? Uh, Eighty four had a pretty impressive game. He got uh, yeah hit to the head and knocked out. He did a uh, a good sideline uh, like go route and, and, and caught that. So they were helping Haskins out. Um, the running game picked up. Like it was better to watch it in the. McFarland so- looked a little bit better this week. He did, yeah. And
0: Matt- I thought he I thought- slowed. I thought, you know, there are a couple of runs that you know you were hoping he would get more yardage, but I feel like he let the he let himself not try and do too much, which is what we always talk about. I think he sort of took the approach of okay, I'm going to let it uh, let it let it come to me and see what opens up. And I d- I kind of liked that he was mature enough to take that approach this week. You know, and again. You know, whether he was running completely along the, the the best line and the best makeup of the line, I don't think this game at any point had the best overall, you know, makeup of the, of the line. Actually, while we talk about offense as well, I was very happy for my bloke. Who, well, it wasn't someone that I predicted we draft, but since we drafted him, I've been very, very high on him, and and Bad knows this. I've had a few chats with Bad about it on the Slack channel, but Dan Moore Jr., man, he's doing, or Dan Moore, he's doing real well. I'm, I'm excited for him, and Shooks better watch out because – that guy can play. That guy can play.
1: He was part of that uh, second half where Dotson yeah. and Dan, I, I did watch some of it before I got sick of the commentators. Um, that they, Now, they're, they are just creating space. So you create that space for Naji, and if he can miss that linebacker, he, he has a good chance to to get around the safety as well. So they, you know, look, and that comes down to the coaching too with um, with Clem. He's got these, wow. these fellas all cooked up and ready to play. It's exciting to to see, even in preseason, we we're down by 13 points or something like that, and we came yeah. back to win 26 or, or whatever it was, 26 to 18 or 16. Um, it's just good football to watching and see and look. If you're a player, you're gonna have confidence in that, you know. And yeah, At Mac was doing well. We had. Uh, I know you're not too big a fan of Jay Sam, and I I, I do see how he's a star in preseason going against uh, threes. Um, who was the other bloke in there? Uh, Tony the, the Brooks. The thing about
0: Jalen Samuels is, like, he was drafted. Like, he when he went to the combine, he went to the combine, but when he went to the draft process, he was a tight, listed as a tight end, right? He's a traditional H-back. There are some offenses he would do very well in. He just doesn't fit what the Steelers want to do, and that's my point with him.
1: He looked a bit slower. I would, I would agree. He looked yeah. slower on uh, a few runs that I was like, ah, yeesh. Um, but then the, the offensive line really helped his play. He got about four point something yards per carry. Same with that Brooks guy, too. So a lot of these things the coaches know when they're versing the third or fourth uh stringers. However, it is really good to see. Um going against the Lions this week. Uh, uh, you know, it's gonna be actually we'll probably, you know, we'll preview right before the game what's gonna happen. Um, but it's interesting to see if Big Ben is there and calling the shots. Um just get look. He's a player. Get Najee in space. Don't don't you agree? Get him in space yeah. and let him have a go. Let him have a dig. Um, he's going to be you know so exciting to watch.
0: Well, the other guy I want to talk about in offense too is uh, is Chaz Green. I'm talking a lot about O' Lyman today. Now, Chaz Green was someone that we picked up you know pretty late in the piece and you know in this off season. I guess in the off season side of things before the preseason started and. Like I you know, I'm not the first I'm not the best person to analyze O line play, but I you just go back and look at whether it's the highlights or them doing replays of particular snaps. He's always in there and he always seems to be moving and, you know, holding someone and pushing someone around. I mean, Joe Haig looks looked good in the first half at points, and then or it might have been the first quarter. And then later on in the game, he looked awful. Like he was basically falling down. Like he looked like he was, you know. A 60-year-old man playing against you know these 25-year-old professionals. He looks stupid. Uh, but Chaz Green, he's showing up for me. Uh, I'm excited for what he could be as a depth piece. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be a starter or anything like it, but there could be some strong depth there, potentially, with Chaz Green.
1: Is it isn't it though? Like, it's interesting though, Maddie, how like like you know, it's it's very hard to watch the O line, and we've discussed that before. But I guess we still don't know what the five are gonna be, right? Do we?
0: Oh, I think we do. I think, I think they're going to start with Okafor, but I think people are going to be surprised. I think Dan Moore is going to push it. I think you're going to go Dotson, Green, Turner, Banner.
1: Okay, okay, right. But then but then, is there a big gap between the next few pieces coming after those blokes and can they compete for a spot?
0: Well, I mean, Finney's done well at guard by all accounts. Hassan has actually showed up at centre, which is unbelievable. And then I think you've got for me green over Hague. Like at the moment, I think they owe Haig a lot of money though if they cut him. So I don't think they've got much option there. But like for me right now, I would actually probably cut Hague, depending right. on what happens over the next few few weeks. But yeah, I mean when you look at it from that perspective. Um oh how could I forget Rashad Coward? Like I'm excited for what Coward's doing. Mm-hmm. My gosh.
1: And th- this is the thing though, with all these with all these guys here. Uh, I guess Nasi ha- hasn't run behind the, the five so far. So, um, you know, that will come in time as well. I believe even versing the Bills and going on to the next few weeks into the season, the first four weeks is like, um, you know, getting your, your, your boots on the ground and just trying to figure stuff out. So that's very interesting. But, yeah, overall, I think, I think we did well on the offense. Uh, and I, I believe we haven't won in the, in the Eagles stadium for a long time pre yeah. or or regular season, I could be wrong, but I heard it was like 1965 or something really? like that. It was it look the way your reaction, maybe it's wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, uh, it's hard to know. But for me,
0: you put up 24 points after putting up no points in the first quarter. Like I just think this the way the Steelers responded from an offensive perspective. Like you got to be you got to. And be
1: that one. Mason didn't put up points. I like it's a bigger thing if you you know Mason goes out there and puts a, a TD on the board. We have a completely different conversation, but now we have something where Haskins comes in and saves saves the days and, and wins, and then Josh Dobbs finishes. It was a good performance overall, really good performance.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then so, look, as I said, before we want to wrap up part one, I wanted to quickly talk about, sh- sh- you know, Schobert there. I think there's a massive trade. I mean, you're talking about someone that's five years in, in his career so far, nine interceptions, you know, 24 pass defense, nine false fumbles. So he's averaging two false fumbles and, you know, almost two interceptions a year. He's averaging, you know, over two sacks per year, you know, tackles for a loss. You know, again, he's got like four, about four per year there, but he's more of that coverage linebacker. He's getting to the quarterback as well. He's, you know, his approximate value, uh, approximation value through pro football references, almost that of a first round, uh, linebacker, and he was drafted in the fourth round by the Browns. I mean, Steelers fans, we've seen him play for the Browns uh, a lot. I just think this is, a, this is massive. This takes that defense to another level. When you think about, you know, and we're going to talk about the defense in part two, and I want to talk about some of the things that I saw from Ingram, but honestly, like, that was a – that's that's a big trade from Kevin Colbert, and and for like a very late draft pick. I think it's dependent now on what he actually does this season for the Steelers. Was by the like sounds of
1: it, number number six or something like that, I believe. So. I think that, I
0: think it's a I think it's what they call a conditional late round pick. So I think it's all based on the incentives.
1: Yeah, right. Well, it's going to help out the middle middle linebacking core. And there is a little bit of I would you could probably call a drop off with Spillane there, maybe not playing as well as he as he used to. Was it was it false hype the, the last year? However, I think for both parties, this is great. Bring in how do you pronounce name? Shobert Bring in Schobert. Yeah. Um, and then if he can play next to Bush, those two starters right there, then Spillane is that guy what you want is that depth piece to come in and do some splash uh plays. So maybe well, maybe so, it's not time yeah. for Spillane to be the starter. It's Schobert's time and Bush's time. And then he's at that that third piece.
0: But this goes back to the whole. We've talked about this earlier, you know, and I went on a bit of a. I've been on a few rants over the last sort of six weeks about this. But look at the depth you've got. Like, we want to go to a Super Bowl. Is Robert Spillane after Vince Vinovici, like, Vinovici, like, retired, is really and truly. You're sitting there on the balance thing, even if you're the biggest Spillane fan in the world, right? And he can do really well in the run game. Are Devin Bush and Robert Spillane going to win you a Super Bowl? Like, look at Levante David and Devin White last year for the Buccaneers. They basically won them that Super Bowl in that Super Bowl game. Devin White, Levante David, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane. Uh,
1: well, obviously it's not because they went out and got traded for this It's Schobert, my point. You've got but- Showbit now,
0: and now you can get rid of UG3. Now you can definitely get rid of the, one of the guys from the What The Hell 5, which is Marcus Allen. See you later, alligator. You know, take some toilet paper because you stink. And, you know, we, we can move forward with it. Like, I just – I love this. I love this trade. And, the, the you know, the, the thing that I love most about it is it takes the – there's two things. There's a, a one a 1A one and a 1B. It takes the pressure off Bush coming back from his ACL to perform, like to do everything lights out and to let him warm into it. And you know, we'll talk about the defense because he did let up a, a fairly big play there that I think he was just getting back to that game speed. And secondly, secondly, I think it allows Devin to do some things in the run game that he's not been able to do. He's had to be used very much in the past coverage, but he can I want to see him, as I said earlier in this offseason, I think it was about five weeks ago. You know, I want to see Devin, you know, tackle some runners in the backfield for a loss more than he is. I want to see him go after the quarterback because of how quick he is. Joe Showbert allows them to do some things like that schematically. And I'm really excited by that because it absolutely opens up the, the potential, the extra potential for Devin Bush.
1: It brings in a, in a guy who's going to help us run for a Super Bowl. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, and it frees up Spillane to have less pressure on that guy. So he can go do what he what he needs to do for this team. We're team mentality we're not one player mentality. So bring the guy in and let's have a dig. This this is this is feels like the season. Actually, I said it every year, but it does feel like the season, Matty. It does.
0: It does. But look with that, that wraps up part one of this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, joined by my co host as always, Mark Marky D, Mark Davison. Join us for part two. We're going to talk defense. We're going to give our three, two, one for this week, uh, and get to some audience QA as well, because we're really excited and we know that, that we've got, you know, I think there's 50 something people in the live chat right now, and we really want to give you all a chance to, you know, ask us questions or bring up things that you want to talk about as well. Just and if you are listening live right now with us on YouTube or Facebook, just hold tight for a couple of seconds and we'll be right back.